to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 154 of the podcast, your college football week 13 spectacular. Thanksgiving week continues, and this one's going to be a big one. Not only are we about to break down the biggest college football card of the season, but I've been working for a while to get this guy on the podcast, and he finally has time for us. Those of you who watch ESPN's College Football Game Day, it's must-see programming every single week, you're very familiar with the Bear, Chris Felica, also of the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, which ESPN puts out every week. The Bear is going to join us in just a few minutes. I've been working on this for a while Very excited to finally have a conversation with him about college football and what better weekend to do it. But before we get to any of that, as always, we begin with our upset alert. Now five and six on the season after Liberty got smashed by Auburn 53 to nothing this past Saturday. So we have got to turn this thing around and we begin with Utah State catching three points at Boise State. Saturday, 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Pacific, Albertson Stadium. The winner of this matchup is going to meet Fresno State in the Mountain West Championship game on Saturday, December 1st. For Boise State, the scenario is nothing new, as the Broncos are the defending conference champions after defeating Fresno State in last year's title game, 17-14. For Utah State, however, this is a chance to make history. Since falling 38-31 at Michigan State to open the season, the Aggies have ripped off 10 straight wins with four road victories that came via 25 points at BYU, 8 points at Wyoming, 39 points at Hawaii, and 5 points at Colorado State. And the Colorado State matchup is the one to focus upon as it took place last Saturday with Utah State as a 30.5-point favorite and it featured a very controversial ending that many believe unfairly benefited the Aggies. Message received as Utah State was no doubt caught looking ahead to this weekend's showdown with the Broncos. Utah State has the most balanced offensive attack in the league that is averaging 282 passing yards per game and 216 rushing yards per game. The Aggies are 11-4 ATS over their last 15 road dates, and 24-9 and against the spread over their last 33 Mountain West showdowns. Meanwhile, Boise State is just 6-15 and against the spread over its last 21 home games and, if I may speak frankly, won't have the benefit of watching a warm-weather California team like Fresno State turtle up in the second half, much like the Bulldogs did at Albertson Stadium two weeks ago. Is it dangerous to bet against Boise State on the blue turf? Maybe, but Utah State has been one of college football's best storylines this season. I got the Aggies winning this game outright on Saturday night. All right, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Now, they're going to start odd, and then they're going to get more and more obvious. Do you like monkeys with knives? Like I said, hmm, this is intriguing, but perhaps a bit odd. Do you like sports gaming? Now we're starting to warm up. Do you like winning money? Now we're there. Then check out monkeyknifefight.com. That's monkeyknifefight.com. It's the new 100% legal gaming site that everybody's talking about. They have dozens of games and chances to win. Games like Over Under, where you win if you nail two 
player-based props or hit five props and the winnings even bigger. So play now. Enter the promo code COVERS and get a $5 free game and an exclusive instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's the promo code COVERS. And if you go into the bio of this podcast, the link is right there. Click the link, use the promo code COVERS, boom. That's monkeyknifefight.com, monkeyknifefight.com. Gonna be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, ESPN College Game Day, you know the show. Stanford Steve and the Bear, if you don't know that podcast, you gotta check it out. It is a must listen each and every week, full of information. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris the Bear Felica joining us here on the Sharp 600. Bear, happy Thanksgiving, man. I appreciate the time. How's life treating you? Uh, well, a little bit of a, a busy, uh, compressed week with the, uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, trying to get everything done earlier than possible. Then we're uh, headed on out to uh, to Columbus on Friday morning, so it should be a, a, a jam-packed, exciting week. Before we jump into some of the games, one thing I wanted to ask you, if you could help give our listeners some insight, how does College Game Day pick the town it's going to each week? It's a little bit of a, a mix between uh, best game of the week slash potentially best scene for the show. Like, like, like last week, there were a lot of people that were really upset that we were not at Yankee Stadium for, for, uh, for Syracuse-Notre Dame. But I, I think anybody who turned the, the television on on Saturday morning and saw the scene at, at UCF, which has been one of the stories in, in college football the last couple of years, would, would, would even admit, you know what? Yeah, those guys made the right, the right decision. But it, it's, a little, it's a little bit of both. Nothing comes into play in, in, in terms of like what network it's on or what time the game is. It, it, it's just kind of a, uh, a judgment feel thing as to what is the best scenes for the show slash game slash story for the week. As you've continued to get more and more FaceTime over the years and as PASPA was was uh, repealed back in May, have you noticed more and more people asking you for picks as you're out on the road? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it had happened even before that, but now I think with the, uh, I guess uh, you want to say coming out of the dark ages per se and uh, the, the unbelievable realization that people actually gamble on games it's been more more commonplace, and I think you're going to see uh, more and more of it, even on the uh, the mainstream ESPN networks, as we continue to uh, evolve and figure out uh, that, that that good balance of being really really hardcore gambler slash trying to figure out to work it into an entertainment an entertaining type format as well. So I, I think more is definitely on the on its way. No doubt. Guys like myself, very interested for the direction you guys are headed because you've done such a tremendous job so far. Obviously, bigger and better things on the horizon. All right, let's jump into some games. We'll start Friday. Oklahoma laying one and a half at West Virginia. Big loss for the Mountaineers last week at Oklahoma State. How big of a flat spot could this be for Dana Holgerson's crew? I don't think it's a flat spot at all because they got a huge break uh, with State losing. Uh, on uh, last Saturday uh, to Texas. I mean, it, it, this now means that the winner of this game, uh, barring a, a can't subset of Texas and some real crazy scenarios, that the Oklahoma West Virginia winner is in the Big 12 championship game. While it may have hurt their, uh, their college football playoff chances, I don't know how real those were to begin with. I mean, good gosh, I would think that a team that you, now you get a chance to, to bounce back from a game that you really. Easily should have won the game. Yet you got four uh, 
four to one turnover margin advantage, led by 17. You, you couldn't put the game away. And in the grand scheme of things, it really didn't hurt you. And now you got a team who's beating you six straight. Uh, last time they were in your building, they, they absolutely blew you out. Uh, I've always been a little, I, I guess I'm guilty of being a little bit more hesitant on West Virginia and some of these offensive-minded teams uh, in the past. I, I've been slow to buy into them. Uh, but in this spot, with how horrid the Oklahoma offense has been, uh, I, I would tend to lean, uh, give the edge to West Virginia at home in, in this environment because that, that Oklahoma defense isn't any better than what it was, uh, say, six weeks ago when they lost Texas. The Apple Cup, Friday night, Washington, Washington State. Mike Leach's Cougars have been a fantastic story this year. You guys at College Game Day went there for the first time just a few weeks ago. But here's where this gets interesting. Leach has never beaten Chris Peterson. 0-4 straight up, 0-4 against the spread, and Peterson's defenses have had a remarkable time limiting what Leach's Cougar offense has been able to put out in each of those four outings. How do you see this one? Are we looking at an upset here? And it's and it's not just the the, the Peterson. I mean, if you go back, I mean, it, it's what seven out of the last nine or whatever, whatever. It's been ridiculous. And Wazoo hasn't even been favored of the game since uh, since 2006. So it is a uh, it's a lot of pressure for Washington State. But I keep waiting on them to kind of have that Kugit moment. And maybe, maybe it could have come against Cal. Maybe it could have come uh, against Colorado. Maybe, but it hasn't happened. And then just watching this team. And the way they play, not only do they have the offense to, 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 to boot, which they always have, defensively, I thought they were set to take a little bit of a step back this year, uh, losing Alice Grinch. But, uh, but with Clay's coming in, uh, their defense has been just as good as what it's been the last couple of years. And, and I don't know if UW has that defensive line like they have in the last couple of years to really affect and disrupt that Washington State passing game. I, I think this is the year that the streak snaps, and I think uh, – I think Wazoo does win and goes to the Pac-12 title game. On Saturday, for a place in the Mountain West Championship, Utah State's going to travel to Boise. Now, I got burned a few weeks ago. I played Fresno State at Boise. Everyone came out of the woodwork to tell me you never bet against the Broncos on the Smurf turf. But the reality is they don't cover a lot of spreads on the Smurf turf. They've got a terrible record, I believe, over the last 20. I think it's like 5-16-1 over the last 22 or so against the spread at home. Here comes Utah State, who's been a covering machine. I like the Aggies at plus three, but am I making a mistake here? No, I, I'm, on, I'm on the Aggies with you as well. I think what happened last week in Fort Collins, nearly losing that game outright to a really poor Colorado State team will help wake them up. You, you can write it off with a little bit of a look ahead to, to this week. And, and I was on Fresno with you a few weeks back in Boise, and the, and the, and the Bulldogs appeared to have that game in hand uh, midway through the third quarter before – uh, Boise matched that big comeback. I, I like this Boise State team, but but I like Love and I like that Utah State offense uh, a, a little a little bit better. So I, I'm with you. I like uh, I like Utah State to punch their ticket. I think we're looking at a, a Utah State Fresno uh, Mountain West title game. Jim Harbaugh's got his best Wolverines team since he arrived in Ann Arbor just over three years ago. Here in season four, he's a favorite of four points at Ohio State, whose defense looks highly susceptible. Is four points too many to lay on the road in this rivalry game? I think it is. And while Michigan's defense is clearly uh, a great unit, I wonder about some of the scenarios that that Michigan has, has I don't want to say fallen into, but the circumstances have put them against Penn State with Trace McSorley injured. 
uh, worky and Lombardi, incapable of completing a, a forward pass. Uh, before that as well, Alex Hornerbrook at Wisconsin, who clearly wasn't right that night. They have faced a lot of bad offense. They faced Adrian Martinez uh, when, he, when he was beat up and wasn't fully healthy. If you look at the teams they faced, they faced one offense in the top 35 uh, nationally in, in offensive efficiency. And that was the first game of the year against Notre Dame when Notre Dame really wasn't even the team in the offense that they were now. This Ohio State offense, is I know they have some problems on the offensive line, and that could pose a little bit of a, uh, a problem if they can't block for just long enough. But uh, the Buckeyes offense is still really good, and outside of that game against Purdue, uh, they, they found the, themselves a, a way to put up points um, in most of these games. I, I, I'm taking Ohio State uh, on, on Saturday. I, this is one of those games. It's a position, too. You haven't beaten this team in forever. All the pressure is on you. You know if you don't win, the question is going to be, like, when is it ever going to happen? Uh, when has there ever not been any pressure, really, on Ohio State in this game? They can just go in. You're a home underdog, and no one's expecting you to even – Beat this team that you've dominated, what, 14 of the last 15? Uh, I like the spot for Ohio State. I wouldn't have imagined myself saying that last week, but but I, I'm going to be on the Buckeyes here. Texas A&M laying two and a half against Ed Orgeron's LSU Tigers. I don't have much of a lean in this game, but it's a big one and should be a good one. I was wondering what you were thinking. LSU has just had A&M's number, and I think if you, for whatever reason, they have matched up really well in the trenches and really taken – a&M offense out of the game. I don't know if that's a one-year fix for for Jimbo Fisher and, and that coaching staff to be able to reverse that trend. I know LSU's passing game really isn't great, but, but I do think still on the interior, uh, especially on the, uh, with, with Williams and Delpit in that secondary, uh, I think they're going to give A&M some problems. For whatever reason, this is just one of those matchups, regardless of how good A&M has been offensively, LSU always seems to have answers. Notre Dame is one win away from a perfect season and all but assured a spot in the college football playoff. They're laying a big number, 10.5 at USC, but this Trojans team has been miserable, and head coach Clay Helton is likely on his way out at the end of the season. Too many points to lay in this scenario, or is USC going to come out flat again? Well, if you look, go back since 1990, 1990, I believe it is, there have been six instances where You've had an unranked Notre Dame or USC facing a, a Notre Dame team or a USC team ranked in the top five. And every single one of those games, the higher-ranked team has won, and all but one was decided by at least nine points. So odds are it's not going to be a one-possession type game. If you look at USC's history under Helton as an underdog, uh, they're 1-11 both straight up and against the number. They have a tendency not to show at all. Uh, a few years back, that in 2012, that Notre Dame team that went out to get uh, blown out by Alabama, they won by nine uh, in a game that was a little bit closer than what the experts thought it would be. I, I don't know if, if I, had, I I was a little surprised this number opened up where it was at eight or nine or whatever. And now it's been bet up to to what eleven in some spots. Uh, I don't know if I would be willing to lay the eleven, but I certainly uh, it's it's Notre Dame or a no play for me. This year's iteration of the Iron Bowl has Alabama as a monster favorite. They're laying about 24. You've got an over-under sitting around 57 and a half. Bama had covered the first half in every single game this season until last week against the Citadel. Two-part question, do you see Auburn 
keeping it close in this one, or does Bama roll? And would you jump on the Bama first half line, which is likely to be around somewhere in the neighborhood of Alabama minus 12? Yeah, I, I, I would lean with, with both. If you look at the couple of times that Auburn has beaten Nick Saban-led Alabama teams, the following year, Alabama puts up a lot of points and wins big. So I, I think there is a, a method of payback here. I don't know how many points Auburn is going to be able to score in this game. So I would uh, I would continue that trend, lay the first half number, lay the game number, because this, this could easily – two is fine. He's going to go out there, do his thing, and – before I let you go, is there anything else out there you might be keeping your eye on this weekend? I'm starting to look at the board right now. I think Oklahoma's, I know TCU has been a, a terrible team this year, but if you look at Oklahoma State's MO, uh, they have lost, I think, like, like four or five straight games after pulling an outright upset. Pulled the upset, outright upset over, um, over West Virginia last week. Now they're going on the road and, and laying points at TCU. I think it's what? four and a half or five right now, that number might even go up a little bit more. So I'd be, uh, if you like TCU, maybe you want to wait a little bit. Uh, Maryland, I'm curious to see how they bounce back off of that uh, deflating, gut-wrenching loss uh, against Ohio State last week. I do think in that game, however, they found some answers offensively. And with Penn State's inability to uh, to, to contain a lot of teams' running games, uh, I, I, th- I think McFarlane and, and Pickram can. I think they might have have a, a chance here, maybe to potentially get bowl eligible, pull an upset. Uh, Penn State just hasn't been the same team that they've been the last couple of years. A lot of youth at wide receiver, the offensive line really hasn't come together, and and they've had some problems stopping people this year. So those are, those are a couple games that I, that I had my uh, my eye on as well. You can catch him on ESPN's College Game Day and be sure to check out the podcast, Stanford, Steve, and the Bear. It's one of the best in the business. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris the Bear Felica joining us here on the Sharp 600. Bear, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully we can catch up again down the road. Absolutely. I hope you guys do the same. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. One in three last week, which brings our season total to 31, 26, and 1 on the season. This is the biggest slate of the year. Give me some music. All right. Game number one, Oklahoma laying one at West Virginia. Friday, note that Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, Mountaineer Field. The stakes here are as clear as the Caribbean. The winner goes on to play in the Big 12 championship game on December 1st, while the loser goes home. Unless Kansas upsets Texas earlier in the day as 15-point home underdogs, which, in the event of that happening, creates a beautiful disaster. I'm not going to bore you with those details, but I will highlight the fact that West Virginia's 45-41 loss at Oklahoma State this past Saturday, despite closing as six-point favorites, all but ended the Mountaineers' dreams of reaching the college football playoff, which means this Saturday has letdown spot written all over it for Dana Holgerson's crew. And that's a bad situation to find yourself in with the streaking Sooners coming to town with plenty to play for. As for Oklahoma, Heisman Trophy candidate Kyler Murray and the Sooners have very quietly ripped off five straight wins by an average of 17.5 points per game ever since that 48-45 loss to Texas in the Red River shootout back on October 6th. 
A win over West Virginia would give the Sooners a shot at revenge against Texas in the Big 12 championship game, assuming the Longhorns get by Kansas, which could then lead to an outside shot at the college football playoff if a few key games break Oklahoma's way. Take note that Oklahoma has covered the number in four straight against West Virginia, and I fully expect that trend to continue on Saturday as the Mountaineers come out flat and lifeless after watching their playoff dreams disintegrate in Stillwater last Saturday. Game number two, the Apple Cup. Washington plus three at Washington State. Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, Martin Stadium. All right, so Washington State is 10-1. and one. They've ripped off seven straight victories. They've covered the number in 10 of 11 games this season, and they're playing at home against their most hated rival, who has dropped two of its last five outings and failed to cover the spread in six straight. And the Cougars are laying just three points? Something stinks here. Mike Leach's program has been cashing tickets hand over fist and is on the verge of a college football playoff berth, but they're only laying three points. I get the redundancy of my assessment, but something is way off in this one. Ah, here it is. It's the coaching matchup. Well, what do you know? Ever since he landed in Seattle in 2014, Chris Peterson is 4-0 straight up and 4-0 against the spread against Mike Leach, winning those four matchups by 18, 35, 28 and 27 points respectively. Additionally, Mike Leach's high-flying Cougars have never scored more than 17 points in a game against Peterson's Huskies. Give me the field goal with Washington as the Huskies win this game outright. Game number three, Michigan laying four at Ohio State Saturday, noon Eastern, nine Pacific, Ohio Stadium, a.k.a. the Horseshoe. Jim Harbaugh can taste it. After almost four full years in Ann Arbor, the former head coach of the San Francisco 49ers is so close to delivering the goods by reestablishing the Wolverines as a legitimate national power. But first, Harbaugh must accomplish something he has failed to do in each of his previous three years at Michigan. And that, of course, is the most important task for every Wolverines head coach. Beat Ohio State which this year shouldn't be nearly as challenging as it has been in the past. Don't get me wrong, Buckeyes quarterback Dwayne Haskins is no joke with a single-season Ohio State record, 36 touchdowns and just seven interceptions so far this season. But the OSU defense is the problem, having surrendered 51 points to Maryland last Saturday and 49 points to Purdue back on October 20th. Look for Harbaugh and the Wolverines, who have won 10 straight, to establish an extremely physical line of scrimmage via a heavy dose of the running game while leaning on a defense that has permitted an average of just 10.8 points per game over its last five outings. Additionally, take note that Ohio State is just 1-6 against the spread over its last seven games overall and that Michigan is 4-1 against the spread over its last five showdowns with the Buckeyes. Harbaugh finally beats Ohio State. Lay the four with Michigan. And finally, it's Notre Dame laying 10.5 at USC. Saturday, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Brian Kelly's Irish are an absolute machine at 11-0 that has posted four straight double-digit victories with just one point spread miss over its last eight outings. Notre Dame can hammer you on both sides of the ball, but what's most important here is the fact that the Irish are just one win away from a perfect season and spot in the college football playoff. So there's no reason to believe that any potential letdown will occur on Saturday after last week's dominating win over Syracuse. USC, however, is a different story. 
Clay Helton's version of the Trojans has fallen on embarrassing times with five losses over the program's last six outings, punctuated by last Saturday's 34-27 humiliation suffered at the hands of crosstown rival UCLA. USC is just 3-8 against the spread this season and 6-19-1 against the spread over its last 26 games overall. Helton is on his way out the door, and there's no reason to believe this roster plans on sending him out in victorious fashion. After all, if USC couldn't get up for UCLA, they're not getting up for Notre Dame. Lay the 10.5 with the Irish, who are going to cruise in this one. To recap, your upset alert, Utah State plus 3 over Boise State. That game's on Saturday. Oklahoma minus one over West Virginia. That's on Friday. Washington plus three over Washington State also on Friday. Michigan minus four over Ohio State on Saturday. Notre Dame minus ten and a half over USC on Saturday as well. That's a wrap for us. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy the games this weekend. Be well and best of luck.